Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. It is July 12th, 2023. <sighs> I thought about driving. I considered it. Uh, when I don't get an early start or, yeah, if I haven't been driving all night, like from 7 to 7, like I usually do, it's harder and harder for me to start as the day goes on. I could have started at like 6. I could have started at like 7. I was like, ah, there were some other things I needed to knock out. There's this, my grandma's birthday is on the 15th. July 15th, which is five days after my dad. My dad's had his. He would have been 66 years old. This is on July 10th. So anyway, uh, I had my kids yesterday make, each of them make a card, an individual card. And then what I did is I just combined all their cards together and stapled them and even made made a card myself. And uh, I stay, yeah, I took a, like some construction paper because I had them put all their cards on white paper. And then I took a purple construction paper and I glued Leah. Leah, I think, had the, in my opinion, had the best design. So I glued her part to the front and her other part to the back of the card. And yeah, oh, uh, it turned out to be a pretty nice homemade card. I feel like homemade cards are the best. I don't really save a whole lot of like store bought cards, but like this, there's a card my son Aiden made with a basketball and MU on the front. Like you can tell, he took time to really make like make it special for Christmas. Yeah, when he made a Christmas card. And that's like one of the only cards I have like hanging up in my room still because I love it. Anyway, uh, what else? 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 So yeah, mailed off. Yeah, got that. I put that card together. I also found like on long, long ago. There's this website called What Long Long Ago. And uh, you can type in any date, like in any two dates. Like you didn't even like have it going till today or it could be yesterday or five days ago. And you can have it going all the way back to like, yeah. So I put my grandma's birthday, which was July, her born day, July 10th. No, July 15th. <laughs> Not July 10th, July 15th. Nine. What did I say? 30? No, it's, it ends in a 7. 1937? That makes sense because she... No, that's not right. Yeah, 1937. 37 minus... 1023. Yeah, that's right because she'll be 86. So yeah, July 10th... <laughs> July 15th, 1937 till July 15th, 2023... And it tells you exactly how many days that it's been, 
how many seconds, how many hours, how many months, how many weeks. Yeah, it breaks it all down. Yeah, how many seconds she's been on Earth? It's some crazy number. 31 million seconds or something like that. I forgot. But anyway, it's crazy how they can do that. And then it like list all it listed all the presidents that she's lived through. So she's lived through fifteen presidents. And what else? It also shows all the different prime ministers over in the UK and how many monarchs or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah. In the UK. Oh, it's an interesting little website um, that you can use. I printed that off for her. I figured she'd get a kick out of that. I also printed her off a uh, genealogy of Jesus tree. Only problem is it's kind of faint, so hopefully she can read it. What else? Anyway, I feel like a grown-up going to the post office. Also washed my car, got some gas. I probably really shouldn't have washed my car because it, it actually rained a little bit. And I think it's going to rain some more later. I don't know. They're predicting storms all week weekend. So we'll see. Huh? Oh, well, I'm glad I got that done. My daughter Leah texted me. She said, I just woke up. Like, she woke up around noon-ish. Where sleep is all thrown off. After being over here. The two things I... One, two of the biggest things I'm always concerned about when they come, when my kids come over here and I don't want their... Is that I don't want their mom to think that I don't feed them. Like, they're malnourished. Uh, and also... I don't want, uh, so I try to make sure there always is plenty of food and that they eat. Uh, I even told them recently, I was like, hey, I'm only cooking once a day while y'all are here. Y'all need to like figure out or tell me some things that y'all like to eat because they be they can be picky sometimes. And I hate to like buy food that they don't eat. Like, if I, yeah, so... And then sometimes they just want to eat junk. And I'm like, nah, you ain't just going to eat junk. You need real food. So anyway, I normally I make <laughs> uh, waffles and eggs and bacon and all that. I only did that the day before we left to St. Louis. Uh, but recently I went back to buying some uh, frozen pancakes. They're so easy. They can just microwave them jokers. And I don't, yeah, they can make their own breakfast. I've been trying to tell them to make oatmeal sometimes, but I also got cereal, but they never, they always waste the milk when I buy even a little quart of milk. So I stopped doing that. Anyway, um, yeah, I told them jokers, like, hey, I'm only cooking once a day. Y'all, for the mother days, every once in a while, I'll cook twice. For the most part, I usually cook once. I need to make more meals that are good for leftovers. Like, I'm going to start making big old pots of chili. I make one pot with beans and one pot without beans. More big old pots of spaghetti. They don't like my gluten-free spaghetti. 
and like my gluten-free noodles lately. But anyway, yeah, so the two biggest things I'm always concerned about is that they don't, making sure that they eat enough food. And then two, what was the other thing that I'm always concerned? Oh, that I didn't, yeah, get accused of like throwing their sleep schedules off. But when they were at their mom's house during the summertime recently, they said they'd be staying up to like almost two o'clock in the morning. So I don't feel so bad. It's more of an issue in the school year. But yeah, at the end of the day, these kids are becoming more grown. And um, I'm learning the art of like allowing them to not necessarily fail, but understand the consequences of their choices that they make because yeah i don't have my parents like over me all the time like telling me to do this telling me to do that like god has a way of parenting me better than any anybody and uh yeah when i'm out of line or yeah i gotta make poor choices i gotta deal with the consequences of my poor choices so Anyway, so co-parenting stuff is very interesting. All right, uh, we're in Genesis 31, King James Version. My plan is to go to church tonight. Lately, I've been thinking, like, why did I decide to start going to this church way out in Lee Summit? I wish they were a little bit closer. But hey, it's worth the sacrifice. Um, the plan was to move out there this year, but I ended up just renewing my lease. Sorry, God. Yeah, my faith. Part of me was like, ah, I should just. They send you out this piece of paper, and it has the first sheet of paper. It has, like, it shows you when your lease is up, and then it shows you, like, these three different timelines. And it says, by this date, if you renew your lease by such and such date, like, on this paper, I think it was July, I had to, like, July 7th to renew my lease. And then, yeah, you get the cheapest rate, right? It tells you how much it is. And then it says, all right, if you renew by August date, this is what your rent would be. If you renew by September, when my lease was actually up, or I don't know, I can't remember. I think my lease was up in like August or September. Anyway, they had like three dates on there, and they said on each date, it says each with each crescendoing date, um, ascending date, the rate goes up. And considering my just everything, my current credit score, which I'm still which slowly improving, and I'm almost out of debt purgatory. There's some stuff falling off my credit report soon, uh, and if it doesn't, I need to go ahead and write some letters that I've been meaning to do for a while. Another list item on my grown-up list of things to do. Yeah, so considering my credit situation, my job status could... Because usually a lot of these places want you to have an actual job. They don't... They get real funny about when you report your self-employed income. 
especially on my taxes, it shows that I really only made like 20K or something like that after all my expenses, even though my revenue was like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, some places are weird about it. You got to make like five times the rent now. Anyway, I really probably need a roommate at some point. <sighs> yeah, so factoring all that stuff in, because they already kind of work with me at this place that I'm at now. After my pops passed, they were gracious enough to like work with me. I didn't need a cosign or anything. And so um, I imagine if I were to try to move anywhere else, they would require me to probably have a cosigner or something like that. Which I, I mean, I'm sure my brother and my mom will possibly help out with that, but like, I don't want to have to do that. And so there's all that. And what's the other hurdle? Just, yeah, because on that second piece of paper they send you, they say, this is how all this is, they say, moving is expensive. And they list out all its expenses involved in moving. It's like, yeah, you got to get a truck which I don't have a ton of stuff, but I still need a truck or a van to move it all. Um, Like a small little moving truck. And then there is, yeah, first and second month rent, like the rent and the deposit is due. And then it's like, it's a lot. And you're already paying rent on your last, from the last month. And you got to pay on this new plate. It's just... It's a lot of stuff. And so I was like, God, if you really wanted me to move to Lee Summit, you already know. And sorry, my faith is not there right now. So, uh, yeah, I just renewed my lease. So I'll be here in North Kansas City for another year. Why did I tell you all that? Because I don't have a girlfriend and my brother hasn't responded to my messages yet. So, uh, yeah, this is me, me, y'all, and God. Even my own kids aren't, they haven't responded to my messages yet, my other messages I sent. <sighs> anyway, what else is going on? That's it, y'all. I need help, man. I need a lot of prayer. Because lately, sometimes I feel okay, and other times I'm like, I've, Especially fatigue, man. <laughs> My energy levels. I can go to sleep right now. I just might after I record a few more of these recordings. I'm going to try to... Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Before I go to church, I think it starts... Yeah, it starts at 7. Hold on. Is that right? I always get confused on Wednesday nights. Is it 6.30 or 7 at this church? The cure. I think it's seven. Every nation. Our services. Yep, 7 p.m. That's what I thought. I mean, I've been to it before. Sometimes I always second guess. 
Because I think when they do Sunday night services at the KCK location, those ones are at 6.30. And when they do Friday night outreach, it's at 6.30. That's why, anyway. And at Harmony, when I've gone there, they have their service on Wednesdays. Is, and their classes that they have are at 6.30. All right, so yeah. The Cure, Me Summit, 7. If y'all want to go listen to this podcast, go and swing on by. For those of y'all listening in across the world, you, know, uh, you can watch it live. If you look up the Kira Lee Summit, you can watch the service live. I think it just record. I think they only record though the sermon, not the worship. They, I think they might do. I never watched the live stream for real. I don't think. Anyway, yeah. So before I go to that, I'm going to attempt to. Re- like record a few more uh, Chew the Bible recordings. So here we go. Genesis 31, King James Version. And he heard the words of Laban's sons saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. Because yeah, I remember Jacob scammed Laban uh, and basically took the stronger. He did this whole trick where he made, he did some like mating trick with the cattle and the sheep and the goats. And he uh, took all the stronger ones and left Laban the weaker ones. And uh, so that was his payback for uh, making him work. <laughs> for, yeah, Laban tricking him. And making him work seven years for a woman that he didn't even want in Leah. And then another seven seven more years, so 14 years total, to get the woman he actually wanted. Rachel, the younger daughter. Alright, verse 2. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. <laughs> in other words, Laban was pissed off. That's the Aaron Yancey translation. And the Lord said, or if I was talking about this in church, what do I say? And Laban was uh, was ticked off. There you go. Laban was, uh, some people don't like that word, pissed. My dad, one time he got mad at me because I said, said pissed. I think I said I had to take a piss. And my dad, like, corrected me. He's like, don't say that. I have this vague memory of him saying that to me. Like, don't use that word. And my dad didn't always like correct me about little stuff like that. He would more correct me on big or discipline me for big stuff. But a lot of stuff, I don't remember him like lecturing me a lot. I mean, oh yeah, he he would only lecture me if I did something like big, bad, yeah, horrible. Anyway, and Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. Yeah, Laban was upset. And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers, and to the kindred, and I will be with thee. And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock. Yeah, Jacob. <laughs> God was like, hey, you might want to get up out of here. Not, you might. I, mean, I want you to go ahead and leave. <laughs> this is all part of God's plan, though. It's funny. It's like, yeah, as you as a man sow up, that's how you reap. So I was like, God saw what how Laban treated Jacob. And so God, he looks out for his people. He looks out for uh, those who are close to him. 
this is all part of like God's plan to bless Jacob. And eventually he's going to be called Israel. The nation of Israel is going to be established through Jacob. It's part of God's divine plan. So this is where things get tricky. We get to these deep philosophical conversations about like God's sovereignty. And um, uh, predestination, like some things are just predestined to happen. And questions about like, do we really have free will? And questions about like, why some people seem to be not blessed here on earth and other ones do, even though Jacob seemed like he didn't deserve to be blessed because of his deceitful practices. Just uh, there's a lot of thoughts that go through my head when I read stuff like this. I God knew that Jacob was gonna do what he did, and it's not like God was like, "Hey, Jacob, you know what you like." He didn't come and talk to him and be like, "Jacob, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this." He let him do it, and he didn't like punish him for doing it. See, it just blows my mind because there's certain times, like, like David, he got punished for taking the census. And then Jacob did what he did. He didn't get no punishment. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, verse four, and Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock. And said unto them, I see your father's countenance, that it is not toward me as before, but the God of my father hath been with me. Mm. He realizes God is still on his side and God is with him. And ye know that with all my power I have served your father. And your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God suffered him not to hurt me. So Jacob is justifying Saying, hey, he got this, he had this coming toward him. This is, I'm basically getting back what o was owed to me, which technically, as Christians, we're not supposed to do. When somebody wrongs us, we're not supposed to take matters in our own, own hands and be like, hey, they did, they were wrong, so I'm going to get them back. Anyway, all right, verse 8. If he had said thus, the speckled shall be thy wages, and then all the cattle bear speckled. And if he said thus, the ring straked shall be thy hire, and then bear all the cattle ring straked. Thus God hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring straked, speckled, and, and grizzled. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, Here I am, or here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes, and see, all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring-straked, speckled and grizzled, for I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. So here's an example of God fights our battles. This is an interesting story. God sees when we're wronged by other people and he will judge accordingly and serve justice accordingly but it's weird though because at the same time it's like i need to read more about this story because it's almost like jacob 
try to be deceptive, but still like part of it, like it required like God's intervention to make it happen. I don't know. It's kind of confusing when I read this story. I mean, part of it I get, part of it I don't. I need like somebody to, like break it down even more, like get into the the calculus of it all. But not right now. I'm sure Tony Evans has some good commentary, but we're not gonna read that right now. I am the God of Beth El, where you anointest the pillar and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now rise, get thee out from this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? And are we not counted of him strangers? For he hath sold us and hath quite devoured also our money. Interesting. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father, that is ours, and our children's, now then whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. And Jacob, interesting, they're like, where's our cut? There's a lot going on here. I'm going to keep reading. Verse 17, Then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels. He And he carried away all his cattle and all the goods which he had gotten. Now, one more other thought I just had. Here's an example of a husband telling his wife or wives, Yeah, God, God told me to do blank to move and both his wives are like okay they were went along with it but you have a lot of wives nowadays (laughs) who you you go to them talking about some god told you to do such and such and they're like hey uh have you consulted with the pastor have you talked to your counselor have you talked to such and such or that 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 and are you sure god told you (laughs) nowadays you can't just go walk up to some woman or your wife and be like yeah, your wife, not just someone, but your wife, and be like, hey, God told me to do such and such, because they will read you the riot act. But, And it's not like Jacob was the most trustworthy man in the world to to uh, follow, because a lot of women are like, well, if he did such and such and such and such, then I will follow him. If he would just do this, 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 and this, then I could follow him or follow his lead to or submit to him if he did something. It's like Jacob had two wives, two handmaidens, babies by two handmaiden servants. He had 13 kids by four different women. One of them he couldn't stand in Leah. Or yeah, it says he hated her. And the other one, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure she he had some issues with her too, because usually the more <laughs> I probably get in trouble saying this, but in my experience, the more um, attractive a woman is by worldly standards, or yeah, or has been told her whole life how beautiful she is, you gonna run into some issues with that too. Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, here's a lesson. What is the lesson to be learned from here? I'm just going to boldly say it. Ladies that are married, you got husbands, y'all. Some of y'all might get mad and y'all might turn this podcast off. You might have already turn it off a long time ago. But hey, here's an example of, of two women, technically four, but especially as two main women wives, 
willing to follow their imperfect husband and he got a word from God telling him to do something. Um, they trusted him. And they said, sure. Now, some of y'all might have some husbands out there doing some wild stuff. And saying, God told me to do some, yeah, to, I don't know, sell our money and buy, like, a bunch of, uh, to go to the casino or whatever. Or, I don't know, some crazy, buy a bunch of scratchers or, I don't know, go, I don't know, just go somewhere crazy, some, live in some area where, yeah, some sinful city or whatever and has no intentions of, like, actually evangelizing that area. He just wants to be, yeah, I don't know, yeah. There's all kind of situations out there where guys out there selling their wives like God told me to do this, such and such. In those situations, I'm not your pastor. I'm not your counselor. Just pray about it. But even then, your husband comes to you some wild, off-the-wall stuff. Like, just pray for him. And trust that if he truly is a man of God and loves the Lord, even if you don't fully love the Lord, and even if he isn't the most best example of a man of God, like you just like loving him and like having respect for him and just like in a respectful, like pray about it and then in a respectful manner, like then approaching him about it. It's like sometimes we forget that God is God, like God is a better counselor. God is a better Holy Spirit than anybody uh, convicting folks. I'm sure I'm telling you, if you pray about it, I'm about 99.9% sure that God will somehow deal with your husband and if he's wrong about God said such and such. God will lead him. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. And the reason I say 999 because there is that 0.1% where sometimes God is just a mystery. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. Sometimes he just lets stuff play out. And lets that husband bump his head a few times. It's part of God's divine plan somehow. But there's been so many times where I prayed about certain things and I yeah, that I had no clue how God was gonna work it out. And he did. Instead of, yeah, approaching that person and saying all my reservations for whatever. Cause usually when I approach people Usually it hasn't turned out very well. When I start yelling, yeah, because then I get angry, and then I start yelling, my emotions get all involved, and I'm not very Christian-y, Christian-like <laughs> in those situations. And uh, I've learned the art of just praying about it, it's something I should have done more when I was married instead of like getting in arguments with my former wife or whatever, or shutting down or running away, just... Yeah, we're just going to pray and watching God handle it. All right, anyway. And then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon and and being patient enough knowing that sometimes the answer doesn't come right away. Then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels. I think I'm going to just do this one recording then I'm going to take a nap.
and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting, which he had gotten in Padan Aram for to go to Isaac his father in the land of Canaan. How much time we got? We got 32 minutes in. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. Oh, boy. This story, this when you thought the story couldn't get any, like, more dramatic than you remember. Like, oh, yeah, there's more. Wait, there's more. As Carlton would say. For those of y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you cool. <laughs> What episode was that? This is an episode of Fresh Prince Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Most of y'all know what I'm don't know what I'm talking about. Where Carlton does something. He did something behind Will Smith's back to like get back at him for something he did. Will did to him. And then so he's confessing it all to Will and he's like one after saying like one bad thing, he's like, wait, there's more. <laughs> and then again, he's like, wait, there's more. That's how I feel about this as I'm reading this. Like, wait, there's more. So, Jacob, you got all that drama, baby mama dropping that happened earlier. And you got Laban who deceived Jacob. Now, Jacob deceived Laban. Now, Jacob's about to leave. And here we go, as they're leaving. And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban the Syrian in that he told him not. Hold on, let me back it up. Verse 19. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban the Syrian in that he told him not that he fled. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river and set his face toward the Mount Gilead. I love that song. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is a bomb in Gilead. B-A-L-M. Bomb. A healing ointment. Those, like, lip balm. Verse 22. I used to think they were saying something different, like B-O-N-G. Like, What? That don't even make sense. <laughs> and verse 22. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled. And he took his brother with him and pursued after him seven days journey. Could you imagine being on a journey for seven days? And this was not in a car or an SUV. This was on Camelback journeying to go hunt. Yo, son-in-law and your two daughters now because they stole your stuff. That is serious, man. Ah, oh, that was serious. Like, he, yeah, his, these idols, man. Wow, that just shows you, wow. This is a lot. Because if it's just like, and this is hard for us to understand because nowadays, like, the idols that we have nowadays are more like, our cell phones can be in our, anything that person, place, or thing that you know takes precedence over the Lord um, that we care more about than God, right? 
can be considered an idol. This is like video games, systems, like te- big old televisions, you know, whatever. Yeah, collect collection of items, basketball car collections, you name it, fill in the blank. Cars, car collections. So just imagine like whatever a guy in a guy's garage or his man cave, those things that he loves, pictures with him and the president, you name it, old jerseys that he has framed from his high school, college, and paydays and the NFL or something. I don't know. Shoes. Whew. Guys with their Jordan collections. Yeah. So, you name it. I should probably start talking about other people. Either. What are my idols, Karen? What is something that we might cons- possibly God would consider an idol? Probably myself. I got a lot of cell phones. <laughs> but I gave two of them away recently. Um, the way I would judge an idol is like, what if if I were to lose it right now? Would I cry about it? Would I be mad? Um, would it cause me really angry? And then like, want like do everything to go hunt down the person that took it? Like probably like my MacBook. I got this this beat machine that I bought first. Yeah, I got a $700 beat machine. It was like an impulse buy. And I had barely even used it. Anyway, it's like MPC. Eventually I'll make some beats and some music on it. But yeah, technically I feel like if I lost that, I wouldn't be that upset because I thought about actually selling it, like reselling it. But um, trying to think like what is the main thing if i were to lose it in this apartment and i don't see i'm i'm kind of hesitant to say it because then i might get tested in this area but like my trumpet that was probably the biggest thing the trumpet that was and belonged to it was in family heirloom it belonged it was passed down to me it belonged to my uncle thomas and it got stolen out of my storage unit and at one point yeah my xbox i used to have that caused me to fight my former wife. I have an ar- big old fight and argument with my former wife. But even now, I don't... It's kind of crazy. I, I've thrown away, like, at least three Xboxes somewhere around there. Anyway, just, yeah, the, do an inventory. I encourage y'all to do an inventory of, of things that you own. And ask yourself, if I were to lose this thing, if it was stolen or broken, whatever, um, would I be upset? Like, how upset would I be? Like, would I be upset to the point like this dude, Laban, was willing to go set on a seven-day journey to go track down his idols, his grave, yeah, his images. This, yeah, this, these, these stolen images were idols. He went to go track his son-in-law and his two daughters and he's already upset about the whole way he was deceived with the cattle now he's probably even more upset <laughs> it's like oh you don't trick me and you don't yeah taking the best cattle and then you also took my idols oh heck no nah. this is where i draw the line seven day journey to go hunt him down this is wild All right, let's keep going.
and I'm sure it was hot. When they used to travel back then, like, traveling was dangerous. There could be people that come and rob you, kill you. There's animals and that can attack you. You can, it gets hot in the desert. You can die from heat stroke. Like, I'm sorry. I'd be like, hey, you can keep them out. You can keep that stuff. The images. It ain't that deep. Anyway. All right, where am I? Verse 23. And he took his brother with him and pursued after him seven days journey. And they overtook him in the Mount Gilead, and God came to Laban in the Syrian, the Syrian in a dream by night, and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. Interesting. Like, hey, calm down. <laughs> Don't even say a word to Jacob, because if you say something, it's gonna, it might come out. Probably that's the way I interpret that. You might start cursing. Saying some stuff you're going to regret. Some hurtful stuff. All right, so verse 25, and then Laban. I pray that a lot for people sometimes, like, in situations, I'm like, hey, God, give them a dream. You know, give them a dream. Speak to this person in a dream concerning their salvation, concerning or a way that they wronged me or um, for women, for a few different young ladies, I've thought about considering being a future wife or dating seriously. Like, Lord, give them a dream. Make it clear to them that I, that I should, they should consider to continue to talk to me. And if not, then like, yeah, give them a dream to stop, you know, stop talking to me. Or just give them unrest in their heart, a lack of peace. Verse 25, concerning me. All right, then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount, and Laban with his brother pitched in the mount of Gilead. I got 18 minutes to finish this up. And Laban said to Jacob, what hast thou done that thou hast stolen away unawares to me and carried away my daughters as captive? captives taken with the sword wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me and didst not tell me that i might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs and tabret and with harp and hast not suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters thou hast now done foolishly in so doing it is in the power of my hand to do you hurt but God, the God of your father, spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. And now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou sore longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my goods, my gods? Mm, where am I out of that? And Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Peradventure, thou wouldest take my by force thy daughters from me. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, they, I knew you were going to get upset if I left. And it sounds like Laban had some like helicopter dad problems. Like, 
<clears throat> usually hear about this more with the mom, but he almost seemed like a jealous mom. Like, are these moms, you know, that don't want their kids to ever, like, they try to convince their daughters to live in the same city as them uh, and not move to be away from family. They put them on their daughters on guilt trips for being away from the family. Or they'll do it to their sons, too. That's kind of what Laban feels like here. It'll be interesting to see more, too, about what Laban's relationship was like with his daughters. I wish I could have seen like what it was like for Rachel and Leah to grow up in Laban's house. It seemed like he was very controlling. Yeah, he seems like a very controlling father. Anyway, all right, verse 31. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, this another theme motif that runs through these stories is this family from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, they all had a problem with fear. They did they they were motivated by fear a lot. A lot of their choices were fear-based choices. Which I can relate to, and this is what makes these stories even more relatable because I have made a lot of choices based on fear. And it doesn't always, it never really ends very well when I've made choices based out of fear versus faith. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Peradventure, thou wouldest take, him, take by force thy daughters from me. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live there before our brethren discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them, so you made this decree. Not knowing that it was your daughter that stole them jokers. And Laban, it's funny, my own son recently stole my sock, my Nike socks. <laughs> I'm kind of convicted as I say this. He took like a, not just a cut, not just one, not just two, not just three, but he took like almost like all of my Nike socks. And then had the nerve to like be Mr. Wild Man like he is. I notice sometimes when he plays, he likes to take his shoes off and run around in socks, even outside. And so I got socks with holes in them, a couple of them. But I like these socks because... I'm real. I realize I can't really wear tube socks anymore because it cut off my circulation. So I wear these ankle socks. Anyway, when he came over here, yeah, this last weekend, I was like, "Hold on, boy, that's what happened to my Nike socks. You done taking them?" I was like, "Give me my socks back." And then, yeah, I was like, I got all these other tube socks you can take. So, anyway, that little boy. I can relate a little bit, Laban. <laughs> I don't have no idols in my house, but yeah, them socks. Not that I know of, but them socks, I was kind of upset about them jokers. Not upset enough to like drive all the way out to Lee Summit where they live and knock on the door and say, hey, Aiden, give me my socks back. I didn't even know he took my socks till recently. Anyway, I could have let him keep him and just went and bought more socks, but hey, I was like, for now, I need my socks. I don't feel like going to buy more socks. Verse 33 Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two maidservants' tents. Um, 
Yeah, I know. I can't remember their names, but yeah, it's Jacob's two other baby mamas. Leah's him maid servant and Rachel's maid servant that Jacob got pregnant. All right, but he found them not, and then went he out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture and set up, sat upon them, and Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. And he searched, but found not the images. So Rachel, that's another way of saying Rachel was uh, on her period. Code red. <laughs> I recently talked to my kid's mom about uh, my daughter Leah and her impending period that she hasn't had yet. She's 14 years old, about to be a freshman in high school, and she hasn't had her time in the month yet. And I told her, my, and we had some talks recently. I was like, Leah, what do you have just in case it comes while you're with me? And she was like, I have a few things in my bag, but I really don't know how to use them. I don't know. <laughs> and there's been times we were out and about at places, and she didn't have her like purse with her. And I'm like, so I had to talk with her mom to that recently. I was like, uh, I mean, I technically could take her to Leah to the store and buy this stuff, but like, I'm like, your mom is an expert. She knows about this stuff. So I told her mom when I dropped him, I was like, hey, uh, can you help me out um, for Code Red when it comes? She's like, did she have it? I was like, nah, not yet. But when it does, can you help me out so that she's prepared? She said there's things she just doesn't understand or know. They've had the talk. Her mom has told her about the experience that she had when she first had her code red. Anyway, that reminded me of this. Rachel was on her code red. At least that's what she told them. Um, so that she wouldn't get up off the camel. Who knows? She was probably lying. She could have been lying about that, too. This whole family was a lying family. Stealing lying, yeah. What is that word they for people that steal? Uh, what is it called? What is the word, y'all? It's 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 on the tip of my tongue. It's called a um. Doesn't even matter. I'm about to run out of time. What do they call those people that steal a lot? Repetitive thieves. Are called klepto, kleptomania. My brother used that word a lot because he always talks about when he was younger. He went through a klepto phase. We just steal everything. All right, verse thirty-six. And Jacob was wroth and chode with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, "What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me?" My son Aiden lately says that a lot. He'd be busted doing something. He's like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I do. You know what you did? That's one of his new favorite phrases. What did I do? I didn't do anything. I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus, help me parent this kid. Ah, what is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You took, you went on a seven day trip just to come after me. That's what I thought I just had. That says a lot about Jacob that he would even allow 
One, yeah, it says a lot about Rachel. Like, why is she taking her dad's household idols? And then two, why Jacob had to have known that they were there. I mean, I have to go back and read that. Even if, I don't know. He had to have known. I mean, I got to look. But yeah, it says a lot about their household that just this whole family that they had idols in the house and that they were okay with it. And nobody was like rebuking Laban for doing this. The entire time Jacob was there working there, like, why didn't he ever rebuke like his father-in-law saying, hey, dude, you might want to get, not might, you should get rid of them idols. Um, Because God won't be cool with that. Verse 37, I guess they didn't have the Ten Commandments yet, so. But still, fear, they should know. He should know. He knows better. Whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all my, thy household stuff? Set it here before my brethren and thy brethren, that they may judge betwixt us both. This twenty years have I been with thee. Wow. So he worked for them girls for fourteen years, and then he was living next to his controlling, overbearing father-in-law for six more years. So twenty years total. This twenty years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I have have I not eaten. That which was torn of beast I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it of my hand. Didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night? Thus I was in the day the drought, the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. He basically reminded him, like, dude, I've been through it with you, and I'm finally getting away, and you still bothering me? Leave me alone. <laughs> Thus have I been 20 years in thy house. I served thee 14 years for thy two daughters and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages 10 times. Mm. That 10 number is significant. All these numbers are significant. Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me. Surely thou hadst sent me away now empty. God hath seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesternight. And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and these cattle are my cattle. And all that thou seest is mine, and what can I do? This day unto these my daughters, or unto their children which they have borne. Wow, yep, very controlling and overbearing. Now, helicopter dad. Now, therefore, come thou, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and let it be for a witness between me and thee. Like, dude, Jacob got to be thinking, like, you the last person I want to make a covenant with because you already have tricked me too many times. All right, I got five minutes to finish this. And Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar. And Jacob said un, unto his brethren, Gather stones. And they took stones and made it in heap. And they did eat there upon the heap. And Laban called it Jagar Sahadutha. But Jacob called it Gilead. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Gilead. And Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watch between me and thee. When we are absent one from another, if thou shalt afflict my daughters, or it shall 
Thou shalt take otherwise beside my daughters. No man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. And Laban said to Jacob, Behold this heap, and behold this pillar, which I have cast betwixt me and thee. This heap be witness, this and this pillar be witness, that I will not pass over this heap to thee, and that thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. Yeah, you ain't supposed to come over. I ain't going to mess with you. You don't mess with me. Simple as that. The God of Abraham and the God of Naor, the God of their father, judge betwixt us. And Jacob swear by the fear of his father Isaac. And Jacob offered sacrifice upon the mount and called his brethren to eat bread. And they did eat bread and tarried all night in the mount. And early in the morning Laban rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them. And Laban departed and returned unto his place. Ooh. There's a lot going on. The drama continues. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. I'm going to take a nap. And I'll holler at y'all later. I might do a few more recordings before church. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.